Hi, everybody. This is Kathy. And this is Todd. And welcome to our new show called Conversations with People We Love. Um, we're going to be speaking with authors, friends, philanthropists, you name it. It's basically people who are out there making the world a better place. Yes, these people inspire us and we think they'll inspire you. And this program is brought to you by BU, Raising Whole and Courageous Kids. These aren't just workshops, it's a movement. Enjoy the show. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is another segment of the Conversations with People We Love. And we're very excited today. Our guest is a guy named Johnny Immerman. And Johnny is a guy who I met last week at an event. And there was about 10 different speakers there. And they were all good speakers. But as soon as I watched it, um, as soon as I was uh, witnessing Johnny, I knew this is somebody I want to have on our podcast. So... To give you some background of who Johnny is, um, Johnny is a cancer survivor. He started a, an organization called Immerman Angels, which is a nonprofit organization that connects a person fighting cancer today with someone who has beaten cancer. So he's going to tell us more about that, but I'm going to welcome you in right now, Johnny. Johnny, how are you doing today? Great, Todd and Kathy. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was great to meet you at Catalyst Ranch, and, and thanks for your flattering words. You know, what we do is so simple but so powerful, and it's all about survivors sharing their stories to give back, help the next guy out who's going through the same cancer. Awesome. So let's start at the, bit. Let's start at the beginning of your mm-hmm. cancer. So you're a healthy, young, 20-some-odd-year-old. How old were you? 26. So at 26 years old, I got diagnosed with testicular cancer cancer, one of these crazy experiences, you know, you're going to the gym every day, you're working out, you feel good, last thing in the world you're thinking about in your mid-20s as a guy is cancer, and all of a sudden, boom, you find yourself on a table in surgery, they had to cut the testicle out, that's step one, step two, we had to uh, bank sperm, there's a good chance, you know, I'm sterile and I can't have my own kids post-chemo, and then stage three, I had what's called a port, and it was surgically implanted, a little tough to see, but there's a little slice right here on the side of my bicep, and they added a plastic chip called a port, and in that port, um, after being sewed up, is a catheter line that runs all the way to my heart, and then every day, they would stick me in the same place in my arm for about eight hours of chemo, Monday through Friday, every day, was the first week of every cycle, lasted for about four or five months, and I went through chemo, did all that. My cancer had spread from my testicle up into my abdomen, behind my kidneys, almost to my lungs. Um, but the chemo worked, and the scans were clear post-chemo. And at 27 years old now, starting to slowly get back in the gym and build back up. And then at about 28 years old, they scanned me again in a checkup, and I had four tumors come back behind my kidneys near my spine. So I had an 11-inch incision uh, vertically, pretty much from the sternum all the way down to the pubic bone. And in that, with that incision, what they did is they moved my stomach, liver, kidneys, intestines completely out of my body to the side, cut four tumors out of the back, put everything back in, stitched the stomach muscle, and then 60 staples. And more importantly, and I've been a survivor now almost you know, 9, 10 years, I'm 38 today, but more importantly is if a kid is 26, is going to go through all that chemo, all those surgeries, all these things for the first time. Of course, you're scared. I was terrified. You know, hook that kid up right away with a guy the same age who already went through the same thing and had a positive outcome and survived. Mentoring, one-to-one, little brother to big brother. That's simple. So that's what Immerman Angels does. We could find someone who's 40 
with lung cancer stage three, find him a survivor who we know who's 45, who beat stage three lung cancer five years ago, and can say, I'm proof you can do it. Here's some tips along the way, and I'll be your friend to help you get there. One-to-one peer mentoring. Well, and obviously, um, I think everybody who's alive has been touched by by cancer in one way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And one thing I remember when you're talking, excuse me, is that as much as your parents loved you and as much as your support system was as strong as they were for you, it uh, there was still things that was left vacant or there was other, th- you know, you still struggled mightily because you didn't have anybody to ask the specific questions. I- am I correct? Totally. You know, it's wonderful when people have a great family and friend network and some people don't even have that, which even more so. We need the Dimmerman Angels to help those people. But the ones who do have family like myself and friends who are so supportive, I needed that too. I mean, it helped keep me upbeat. But it's a different dynamic when you can meet someone, see someone, or Skype with someone and get to know them and they've survived the same challenge that you're just on your first step going into that challenge. You know, there's a lot of empathy and power and empathy and power in the connection of shared experience. That's what Inman Angels is all about. And Johnny, you know what we loved about your story is on this show, we talk a lot about how we're so thankful for medical care and we're so thankful for what doctors can do for us, but we also believe that healing comes from other aspects, you know, a holistic approach to healing. And I loved your story and the fact that you really, at least from what I read, have a belief system that if you are you know, talking with other people who have healed or talking with other people who can encourage you or who are like you, then your healing may, you just may have more um, ability in yourself to heal or feel more empowered to do so. Is that kind of the belief system behind your, behind your group? Absolutely. I mean, we think it's completely a mutually healing, mutually beneficial friendship because number one, as a survivor myself, I've got to give back to the next guy with testicular cancer to help him because he needs my help. I mean, that's number one. Mm-hmm. But number two, in the survivors, by mentoring, by sharing our stories, by creating something really positive, by giving back what we've learned along the way to make it easier to shed light on this road ahead that's so dark for people on the first step. They just don't know where they're going. Survivors heal too. And we feel better. We feel there's a sense of purpose, meaning that there's a reason why we went through it all. We've learned a story. We've experienced the story. But through sharing it, it's a gift to help the next guy out. And absolutely, it heals us and them. I agree. Well, what's funny about your idea is it seems so simple. It almost makes me wonder that <laughs> why it wasn't created before. Maybe it was. You just weren't aware of it or it wasn't as accessible to it. Were there organizations like yours available before you started it? This is a great question, Todd. It's such an obvious thing. It's almost mm-hmm. so ridiculously obvious that it's hard to believe that no one else was doing it uh, on this scale. You know, what I did in 01, 02, 03, when I went through my treatments, I knew right away that this was the missing piece. And I wanted to give back as a survivor to plug into someone else's group and be an angel, be a mentor to help the next guy out. And I searched everywhere. I talked to my doctors. I went online. And I couldn't find it. And I think it's very important in the nonprofit world, if it's already being done, join them. Don't recreate the wheel. Don't build another one when the wheel's already there. Right. But it wasn't there, and the wheel didn't exist. So that was the time to, to, to build it. And what we've learned later, there are a couple smaller groups out there that are doing the same thing we are. 
Um, we're about 6,000 cancer survivors and caregivers as mentors. These other groups are in the hundreds. They're much smaller, but we partner with them. We work with them. It's one team, one fight. We're all wearing the same jersey. You know, we all want impact. And there's 1.5 million Americans diagnosed with cancer every year, wow. just in the U.S., every 12 months. And we're helping thousands every year. But for these small groups in Emmerman Angels to get to millions, you know, we got to work together. And right now we're just scraping the surface. You know, there's, we're not in the millions. We're helping, this year we're on pace to help about 3,000 families, which mm-hmm. is great. And every one of those families, we're going to make a big difference. And I'm proud of our team for doing that. But there's millions out there. Mm-hmm. And so we got to work together. We got to share resources. We got to share databases so that we can find the right matches at the right time. But together, we're all stronger. Um, But yeah, it's amazing to me that no one else has done this before. It's so logical in every way. And we're so thankful that you are. And, you know, the other word that really sticks out to me when I was reading about Immerman Angels was Todd and I both have mothers who are caregivers in different ways. They kind of, that's just, you know, we've both had cancer in our family and our moms have taken care of people with cancer. And I have a father who who needs some special assistance, so my mom does that. And just the understanding that you have that obviously the people who are struggling with cancer need a mentor, but so do the caregivers, and that they need someone to talk to as well. So could you talk a little bit about that, the caregiver network? Absolutely. I wish your family good health, number one, those going through it, and and the caregivers too, uh, most importantly. But So let's say a guy calls us who's 40 with stage 3 lung cancer, and we match him up with another guy who already beat stage three lung cancer to be his big brother and help him. That's great. And that's important. But then a month later, that wife calls us and she is, she's trying to get her husband to his job. He's sick. He's got chemo. She's trying to have her husband to his chemos. Then they've got two or three kids. I mean, it's a lot on the family members. We got to hook that wife up with another wife that can say, guess what? My husband went through the same thing five years ago. I get it. I've been through it. We also had kids. It was difficult, but here's how we did it. We'll share and help you out one-to-one, match the wives. Another example that you might not think about, but what do you do when you get a four-year-old that gets diagnosed with leukemia? Yes. Those parents are isolated and scared, of course. you got to help the parents. So why don't we match those parents with another set of parents Mm -hmm. that can say, we have a 10-year-old kid, and when she was four, she had the same leukemia, and she beat it. We speak the language. We're living proof your kid can do it. Here's a picture of our kid. Check out her hair. She looks amazing. She's healthy. She's happy. This is going to be your kid. And one-to-one, mom-to-mom, it's an amazing connection. It's like fireworks when another mother who's going through it reaches another mother who's been through it. Shared experience. That's all it is. Empathy. Super simple. Super powerful. Well, and I want to give our listeners an opportunity to find out more about you. We'll do that towards the end in a few minutes. Um, I looked at, uh, I just did some research on you last night in preparation for this interview. Um, there was a CNN thing that you were a part of, uh, a hero award. CNN Heroes, I think. Tell me, was. If, was, that, was that a competition or was anybody who was nominated one or how, what, what was that all about? We were very flattered. So um, every year someone nominated us out there. I think there's about ten to 15,000 people nominated, and we made the top 24. Wow. Um, so we were very flattered. But more important than being flattered, because I'll be honest, I'm much more about impact than I am about you know, us being flattered. It's about what we're doing for the guys that are sick. And what CNN did for us through that, CNN hero pieces that they aired a two-minute segment on Emmerman Angels 
uh, 20 times over the course of a weekend that was on global CNN. And what that did is it we had 600 people with cancer looking for help or survivors and caregivers looking to give back help register on our website specifically from that in wow. a matter of two to three days. So what that CNN piece does, is it, it, what it does is it illustrates the need. The need is pervasive. It's so out there. And if we're able to get our service out there and make people aware, people use it. And we reach more people and we help more people. So it's just a simple function of marketing and promotion yeah. and getting it out there. We clearly know it works. We clearly know people need it. And we clearly know that survivors and caregivers want to give back and be a part of it. So uh, the CNN piece was really, really helpful in reaching more people in need and increasing our impact. And that's all that matters. Well, congratulations on that. That's uh, an amazing powerful. thing. And in your wildest dreams, you. could you ever have dreamed? Because I know, once again, through researching this, this all started with you walking down the hallway with your IV stand and seeing a bunch of people with cancer while you're doing chemotherapy and seeing that they were just looking out the window or staring at the TV and you just kind of entered their room and started talking to them about it because you guys are both going through it together. In your wildest dreams, could you ever have believed that that simple, small idea would have grown into what it is today? You know, um, that is how it started. It just started with being like, I want to find meaning and give back and walk door to door and get somebody else fired up. And it really motivated me when I was sick, Todd, because I knew it, it gave me inspiration that if I beat this thing, I would give back. And I promised mm -hmm. and I prayed that if I lived, I would go back to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I would never turn my cheek and pretend like no one else is in there. There's hundreds of people all over the place fighting cancer. And so that's how we really started was just the simple notion of giving back as a survivor. Um, you know, I didn't know how big we'd take this thing, and we've come a long way, but we have so much farther to go to reach millions, and that's our goal. But we do it one person at a time, one life at a time, one person in the hospital at a time, and match him up, take care of him, motivate him, make sure he's got the help he needs to get to the finish line, and then help the next person, and then help the next person. And that's that's the way we do it. So we don't really think far ahead other than that we want to get to millions but it's got to be done one at a time that's right one person at a time you know it's got to be done right well that's awesome um so quick uh, question and then we're going to give you a chance to tell us about your website and how to donate and how to get involved but uh sure. first things first um kathy likes to ask your your favorite word question yeah, well, I didn't know I was going to do that, but I'm going to do it, uh, Johnny. So, so sometimes we ask people that we're talking to on the show if there was one word um, that really that really resonates for you that either means something to you personally or is how you identify yourself or whatever it may be. What's that word? But you're not allowed to say love because that's everybody's oh, word. He can say love if he wants. No, he can't. To. He's yes, got to come up with something different. I, I, you know, I do have a different word, okay, even good. though I love the word love. No offense to the word love. <laughs> it's a great word. But I will say the word that I would use, which characterizes the Emmerman Angels movement, is passion. Mm, love it. Passion. Mm -hmm. It's really passion and determination if you gave me a second word, but it's passion. Mm. You know, we do this because we care, and we do this because we know we're grateful, yes. and we're lucky to still be here. We've all lost friends. We've all lost family members. I mean, it, it, it humbles you in so many ways. And, and the real passion comes from we got that second chance. What are we doing as a team, as a team, 
to create a better system for those who fight after us. And, and that passion drives every survivor of these 6,000 plus volunteers um, to volunteer, to give back. That's right. Back, to share their story. It's their passion and their determination. That's what it's all about. Well, that is awesome. Johnny Ehrman, you're, you're an absolute inspiration. Help us, uh, if our listeners wanted to either donate or, or get involved, what, what do they do? The number one best way to help us, bar none, is to create awareness. It's free. These are volunteer survivors that all give back. If you can spread the word, anyone in your network who might need us today with cancer or family members of somebody with cancer, they should contact Emmerman Angels and we'll help them out. So raising awareness for us, tweeting us, Facebooking us, um, getting a jersey, running a marathon for us, whatever you want to do texting your friends, emailing our website, whatever you can do to let people know it's a one-on-one peer mentoring program and it's free. It can help anyone in the world with any cancer. Um, that helps us create impact and help more people. And the website is immermanangels.org, which is I-M-E-R-M-A-N, angels.org. And you can always call us at 866-IMMERMAN, I M. E-R-M-A-N, toll-free. We've got staff of eight here, full-time, and a bunch of volunteers just here in the office. We're right here in the Loop in Chicago on Randolph and Wells. And uh, we're right here. The call center is 40 feet from my door right here. And uh, we've got survivors in there taking phones and matching people, helping them out. That's awesome. Well, we're going to uh, put all that information that you just described on our show notes. So if somebody's listening and they're driving down the street, uh, don't get into an accident. Just know that you can get all that information on our show notes to this uh, to this podcast. So no worries about that. So, um, Johnny, I can't say thank you enough. And I hope that in some way, shape, or form, our paths will continue to cross. Yes, and thanks for doing what you do. And like you said, living with passion and helping so many people. Because like you said, it's sometimes the simple ideas that make the greatest impact. So thank you. Thank you, Kathy. And thank you, Todd. Simplest ideas, I really believe, are the best ones. Yeah. And I know a lot of simple ideas out there that people are doing. And, and it shouldn't be complicated. It's just from the heart. You know, it's passion from the heart. But thank you guys for helping spread the word for Emmerman Angels. We look forward to helping anyone in your circles who are fighting cancer alone. <laughs>